listen to this message, you will be challenged and encouraged through God's Word. Here at Heartsease Family Life Church, it has always been our desire to see people's lives totally impacted and changed. His Word promises to accomplish that. For more information in regards to our church, you can call us at 225-274-1607 or visit us on the web at www.hflc.us. We look forward to hearing from you. Be blessed now as you listen to God's Word. to hear some skinny on fasting. Come on now. Come on. I said, who's ready to hear the skinny on fasting? Each Wednesday night during the fast, I always make it a point to try and teach on the benefits, the rewards, or really what fasting is. So no one, hopefully, through the period of this month or any year would be able to say, well, you didn't explain it right. I didn't understand it. Properly. And I'm going to give you a couple of moments in a moment, the opportunity to ask any questions that you have, fast-related questions that you may have. But so many people have really said this, well, Pastor, what does fasting really do? Is there really a point to it? Is there a point to it? And I'll say this, I believe fasting and prayer is one of the greatest tools that you can have in your Christian experience that can bring you closer to God. Notice I said closer to God. God hasn't moved, by the way. We're the one that moves. We're the one that allows things, junk and stuff. We are the ones that allow the separation to take place. And the Bible says the sheep hear my voice and they follow. It's a sad day when we're too far away to hear his voice that we can't follow. And I believe one day when I was reading the parable of the lost coin, the lost son and the lost sheep, God showed me and said the reason the sheep was lost is because it had wandered too far away to hear the voice of the shepherd. And I wonder how many times we can get lost in our lives because we wander away. And it's slowly, and we don't realize. But as we fast and pray, I I, I truly believe, and I can speak a testimony for you, I believe so many of you have realized maybe how far you've wandered away and, and how special it's been just to come back closer and have that intimacy with God. But you know what else you've got to understand about fasting is this. Fasting is not a requirement. Salvation is the requirement. Fasting is not a requirement. Oh, if I don't fast, then God's not going to bless me. No, no. It's not a requirement. Fasting is a choice. It's a choice. It's a choice that you and I choose to make because when we choose to do it, I truly believe it breaks us out of the routine in order to draw us closer to God. And this is something that every year I choose to do, beginning my year, the first fruit of my year, every year, and have done for many years now. I believe this is maybe the 10th or 11th year as a church. We have done this corporately together. But this is something I choose to do throughout the year too. I'll find a time where I'll begin to fast and pray. I'll tell you this, I started my fast earlier than you because the day I saw my daughter leave for basic training, I said, God, I'm going to start my fast because I need 
you to touch her life. There's a, a need that I have. And God, I just want to be sensitive. I want to be just for her. I want to stand in the gap. I just want to be that. There's times in your life where you need direction, a job or finances, or who do I need to marry? Don't be afraid to make the choice to fast, to draw closer to God so you can hear that gentle whisper in your life. Why? Because it's a gateway through which God releases his supernatural power into our lives. An incredible gateway that God releases his power into our lives. So the choice is ours. We can either open that gateway or we can ignore it and keep going in our routine way. You can keep going and probably make it to heaven. I pray you do. You can keep living like that or you can turn around and realize my life is not just about me. It's about other people. And I've got to start reaching. I've got to be like a Jason Zachary telling people on the job about Jesus, but not just telling them that they see a difference in me. Come on, because my actions, my life should speak louder than my words. Have you ever heard a light bulb talk? No, but you know it's a light bulb. Why? Because it shines. A Christian shouldn't have to say to someone, I'm a Christian. It should be evident by the shine of their life, the light that they live. And I'm ready for a new life. I'm ready for a new relationship with God. I'm ready for a new closeness. I'm ready for new blessings that God has for my life. And Jensen Franklin said it this way. I love this statement. He says, fasting is a short season that releases long-term rewards. Come on, it's just for a few days. It's just for a moment. But think of the great rewards that can come and will come. So how's it going? We're going to ask you now if you want to give a testimony. Kelly's going to come around with the mic and we want to offer that to you because you're one and a half weeks into this already. You're doing good. I hope you're following the daily devotions every day and you're a part of that. I don't know what happened to me today. I could not get Psalms 46.1 out. It was 64. It was this, my dyslexia or whatever was kicking in and everything was going in circles. I finally got it. And, um, but it, we're just enjoying every day coming to you, giving you another glimpse of what and who Jesus is. But is there any questions that you may have, fast-related questions that we want to give to you, that we want to present to you tonight so you can be aware of that? I think the mics are on. Can you mute all the mics on the platform apart from ours? I'm ringing a little bit up here. Does anyone have any questions when it comes to fasting? Anyone? 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 What about a testimony? Who's got a testimony? And let me tell you this, an up-to-date testimony of what God has done. Come on, and here's two points we're going to tell. It's got to be fast-related. And number two, keep it short and to the point. Who's got a testimony of something that God has done this week? Come on, come on, who's got something? Come on, they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and the word. Well, I'm going to call you out. Give it to Derek quickly. Go to Derek quickly. Go to Derek. Come on, I'm going to shout your testimony out if you ain't going to testify about it. Tell him about what happened. Last week he testified that he was jobless and God gave him a job last Monday or Tuesday of last week. Started the fast the day before. Tell him what's happened one week into your new job. Well, um, as of of last week when uh, they gave me the job, they actually transferred me to a different uh, plant. And I got a $5 raise. And on, um, on today. Hold on, um, it gets better. You ready? On today, I was at work and um, one of my foremans didn't show up and uh, he was planning on leaving. So they asked me to step in and be the foreman. So they want to give me another $5 raise. Come on! On the job a week, already gets a $5 
pay raise than what he was making. The foreman doesn't show up. Would you take his place? And on Friday, he's going to be made the foreman with another $5 raise. Come on now. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Someone else had their hand up, Miss Glory? Come on, is there anyone else? Get ready to share your testimony. My mom has been real sick, and um, they wanted to kind of speed up this surgery on her, but because of the infection, it could cause, uh, you know, just a lot of issues. And so we just prayed and prayed yesterday about it, and they were going to do it, and they actually put it off for two days. I mean, it's just the risk is a lot lower having it, you know, Thursday after she has more antibiotics and what have you. So it was just a praise God. Come on, come on. Anyone else? Awesome. Anyone else? Come on, Russell. Well, I, I just want to say I'm grateful to see my daughter and um, Adrian in church with us tonight, and that's my miracle. Come on. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. Awesome miracle. Nothing wrong with that. Anyone else? Anyone else? I, I've been hearing so many miracles. Danny, you testified of just relationships that God has healed with his daughter. When I heard that, that his daughter hadn't talked to him for over a month, and God had just set it up, and she actually called him and said, can I come to church with you last week? Isn't that a miracle? And just so many things. Anyone else got a testimony? Come on, update, personal. Come on, Miss Connie. Love it. Um, Like Robert said, when the fast started, God just led me uh, to some devotions in the version, and it was fast and word. And it's been amazing. It's been amazing that uh, when you empty, it's, you know, God can fill you back up. Awesome. Awesome. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Anyone else? Anyone else? Come on. Praise report. Rena made the marathon on Sunday. 26.2. Wow. That's a testimony and a praise report. Who's still got something you believe in God to do? Who's ready to give a testimony for it next Wednesday? Come on. Come on. Who's ready? Come on. You be ready next Wednesday to give that testimony because we're believing that God is going to do it in your life. Come on, put your hand on your heart as I get ready to preach to you today. You prepare the soil. You prepare the soil that's going to be sown tonight and ask God to bless you. Dear Heavenly Father, we pray that you would touch our hearts right now, that you would make our hearts alive and open to you, that they would be receptive to your word, that we would not leave here the same way in which we came in, but God, we would allow you to change us and to transform us and renew us from the inside out. God, we love you, we praise you, we thank you, we adore you. In Jesus' name, shout amen. 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 I want to talk for a few moments tonight about regaining your edge. Regaining the edge. Have you ever tried to use a knife and tried to cut something, and it's a dull knife and it doesn't have the edge on it? And you fight through it and you fight through it because there's a struggle because it's dull and it's not sharp. I truly believe our lives can get like that because of everything that we're hitting up against every day. The struggles, the pressures, they what take the edge off of our life if we don't realize. And I want to read a story to you today. And it says, as the story goes, a strong young lumberjack challenged a respected veteran lumberjack to a contest. The young man wanted to prove himself, believing that he could cut down more trees in one day than the old man. The contest began early one morning. Relying on his own strength and stamina, the young man began swinging his axe through first one tree and then another. And as the day progressed, he was certain he was winning because he could see in the distance the old man was taking several breaks. 
All the while, the young man just kept swinging his axe, felling another tree after another and after another. At the day's end, the young man stood confidently by, waiting for the official count from the other lumberjacks. To his shock and to his dismay, the old lumberjack had cut down at least a third more trees than the younger man had. In frustration, the younger lumberjack conceded victory to his veteran competitor, but he wanted to know, what's your secret? He wanted to know how he managed to beat him considering his age and the number of breaks he saw him take throughout the day. The old, wiser man kindly replied, Son, what you don't understand is that every time I sat down for what you call a break, I was sharpening my axe. Because a well-sharpened axe makes for a lot less work so trees will fall a whole lot faster. It's a picture of our lives. We can think I'm strong and I can do it. I'm a single parent. I have to be strong. People are relying on me. We're going through grief right now, but I've got to be strong. We rely so much on our own brute strength that we think, oh, I'm okay, I'm making it. But how much better would it be to sit down still our lives, get our edge back so when we face whatever the next day brings our way, we're sharp and ready to go. I wonder how many of us have a dull axe. I wonder how many of us, our axe is dull. As I look around me today, I see people all the time who have lost the edge in their lives. They just don't shine like they used to. They don't have that glow. They don't have that buzz. They don't come in through the doors like they used to, just on top of the world. They're just kind of, the cares of the world are just consuming them. I've seen people who have lost the edge in their homes, in their marriages, in their commitment to God. Oh, they stand week after week in church, lifting their hands, but no edge to their worship. They hear the word, but it's just, there's no edge. It's like it's coming on deaf ears. Because church life has become dull and just a routine. And yeah, sure, you can keep cutting with a dull axe. You can keep powering along in your own strength. But I tell you what, I would much rather get more done operating under the power of God. Let me say that again. I can keep going on my own strength. But I would a whole lot rather see my life accomplish a whole lot more by trusting in the power of God. Because you see, when you fast and pray, you're sharpening your axe. When you're fasting and praying, you're saying, God, get me out of the dullness. Get me out of the routine. The everyday is normal. You turn around and saying, hold on, God, I want to be more effective. Not that I'm not being effective, but I want to be more effective. Not that I'm a bad parent, but I want to be a better parent. Not that I'm a bad spouse, but I can do better. Not that I'm a bad kid, but I can do better. Come on, not that I'm a bad employee because I don't shirk on my job. When I go to the grocery store, I do put my shopping cart back. I'm not that bad. But there's always room for better. You know the greatest enemy of great 
is good. You know the greatest enemy of excellence is great. Because it's an enemy because we can say, well, I'm good, I'm great. I don't need to change, but there's a higher level, I believe, that God has for your life. You can settle with just being saved if you want. But that's a dull axe. Oh, you're going to make it to heaven. But remember, the purpose of God saving you is not just for your life. Your purpose is to touch other people's lives too. And fasting, I believe, truly, is one of the greatest ways that you can regain your edge, to get your edge back in your life, to give you more power to do far more than you could possibly ever accomplish in your own strength. I want to read an Acts story from the Bible today. Can we read a story about an Acts from 2 Kings chapter 6? I'm reading from the New Living Translation, 2 Kings chapter 6, beginning in verse 1. It says, One day a group of prophets came to Elisha and told him, As you can see, the place where we meet with you is too small. That's my confession for this year. I'm telling you, where we are sitting right now is too small. Amen. I said, where we're sitting right now is too small for what God wants to do this year. He said, let's go down to the Jordan River where there are plenty of logs. There we can build a new place for us to meet. All right, he told them, go ahead. They turned and said, but please come with us, someone suggested. And I will, he said. So he went with them. And when they arrived at the Jordan, they began cutting down trees. But as one of them was cutting a tree, his axe head fell into the river. Oh, sir, he cried, it was a borrowed axe. Picture here they are working together. People are saying, I want to get something done. These weren't woodcutters. These weren't carpenters. These were prophets in training. But they knew that there was a need and they were like, hey, sign me up. I, I want to be a part of it. I, I may not have much expertise, but I've got some work I, I ethic and I've got some muscle and I've got some know-how. Just point me in the right direction and I'll be there and I'll be swinging my axe. But in the process of the busyness of the day and the job at hand, one didn't notice that his axe head was just getting a little loose on the end of the handle. And all of a sudden, as he goes with one swing, boom, the axe head falls out into the river and sinks down to the bottom, sank out of sight. And here he is, left standing at the bank with just a handle in his hand, now unable to do anything because what he needed is gone. I think it's pretty safe to say he'd lost his edge. <laughs> Come on now. I think he'd lost his edge. He lost a whole lot more. He had lost a whole axe head, but he had lost his edge. And while he was trying to do something parallel to our lives, while we're trying to live for God, we can find ourselves many times like him on the side of the bank and then the enemy shows up. Anyone know that the enemy likes to show up at the times of failure or defeat or times when you're down and you feel like, oh no, I've blown it. The enemy loves to show up at those times and he doesn't show up to say, come on, 
Buck your shoulders back. Square yourself. Come on, keep going. He comes to remind you how bad you really are and how badly you did really mess up and how that what you said to your wife really was that bad and you deserved the night on the couch. He tells you all those kind of things because you know how he is. He plays his games. You know his drill. And he tells you you're wasting your time. Can you see that man? Can you picture your life standing at the side of the river, just holding basically a stick? And the enemy says, you're wasting your time. Just quit. Just give up. Just go home. But I want to show you three things, just really quickly tonight, three things that will help you regain your edge in life. If you're taking notes tonight and you need to be in church, you need to get a journal for church that you take notes I always take notes in church when I'm not preaching. It's hard to do when I'm preaching. But um, when I'm not, it's just so key because you don't know how many times you'll need this in your life. Number one, are you ready? Number one, three things to regain your edge. Number one, make the decision. Make the decision. has to start with your decision. You've got to make up your mind That's what you are going to do. Come on, anything has to have a starting point. And you've got to start making some decisions and making the decision for your life. Today, this morning, I talked about Jesus is my refuge. Jesus is my refuge. I used one scripture from Proverbs 18.10 that says, The name of the Lord is a strong tower. Jesus is my refuge. He's my strong tower. He's my provider. He's my protector. He's everything that I can want. Run into him and I can find safety. The thought there is he's my high tower means that God wants to lift me up above the circumstances and the trials of life. That's the picture that has been painted there, that God wants to lift us above the trials of life. And as I was thinking about my devotion and I was walking this morning, I I was like, oh man, why didn't I say that in my devotion? Because you know one of the things that God has to take refuge over and one of the greatest things he's got to be, uh, wants to take refuge over in our lives is our thinking. Our thinking. We can turn around and say, God, I trust you with my life, but my head's a different story. My thoughts can be a different story because if I don't watch, my thoughts can go here, there, and everywhere. I I, I don't know if my prayers are going to be answered. We begin to doubt. We begin to question the thoughts. And it all starts with a thought. God wants to be the refuge of our mind. What do I mean by that? God wants us to make a decision and keep it. God wants us to trust Him and keep trusting Him. Not take back that thing and say, God, I guess you can't take care of that. God wants us to make the decision and stick with it. Why? Because impossibilities can become possible when what? When we make the decision to go with God. When we decide, God, I'm going to give you my kids. Come on, he can take care of them. When I say, God, I'm going to give you my finances and I'm going to be a good steward. I'm going to be paying my tithes because I know where the blessing comes. When we make that decision to do that, everything against us is going to say how foolish, how stupid. But I'm telling you, if you want to regain your edge in life, you've got to stick to the commitments that you have made. Don't be wishy-washy. James says a double-minded man is going to be unstable in Not just half his ways or a part of his ways, everything. It's going to affect you at work, home, finances, health, spiritually. Every area of your life is going to be affected by a double mind. 
this way, that way. Changing decisions, altering the course in the middle. The enemy again wants you to believe it's a waste of time. After all, you've prayed about it a long time and, and still nothing is happening. I'll tell you, you've got to make a decision. And here's your decision. Keep praying. Come on now. If it's not happened yet, keep praying. Come on. There's two decisions you can make. Give up and stop or keep going. And you're never going to get your answer if you stop. Come on, nudge your neighbor and say someone should be amen in the house. You're never going to get your answer. You've got to make a decision and say, I, I, I know this is God and I'm going to keep trusting God and I'm going to keep believing God. And you need to remind yourself of Hebrews 12 and verse 2. And you know what Hebrews 12, 2 says? You've got to look unto Jesus, who is what? He's the author. He's written it and he's the finisher of our faith. He started it and he's going to bring it to a close. Do I hear an amen? amen. For who the joy was set. He went to the cross. That's why we have the victory and now he sat down why is he sat down not because he's tired it's not because he's resting he's sharpening his axe someone said I like that he's sitting down because he accomplished and did everything that was needed to do for your life now all we have to do is make a decision to believe that to live by that And we can say, well, Pastor Philip, it's not as easy as that. It is as easy as that. It's a decision that we make, just like a decision. What what clothes do I put on today? What food am I going to eat today? What way am I going to go to work? What am I going to do? That's a decision that we think nothing of. We need to make a decision that, God, I'm going to trust you with everything and believe you. You've got to make up your mind whether you're going to believe him or not. You've got to say that thing may be impossible, but I've made a decision to trust the one who can take impossibilities and make them fully possible. Stop believing the lies of the enemy that only wants to see you defeated. And Romans 12 verse 2 tells us where our victory comes and be transformed by what? A renewing of your mind. You've got to renew your thoughts, renew your mind and say, I'm making a decision and devil, watch out because I ain't backing down. As for me and my house, come on, we're serving God. We're serving the Lord. We're going to see these things. You've got to make a decision. You want your edge? You've got to make a decision. Right now, dig in and say, this is it. Here's the second thing. Are you ready? You've got to confess that you lost it. You've got to confess that you've lost it. A lot of people don't want to admit that. They don't want to admit there's a problem. They don't want to ask someone, will you pray for me? I'm having a struggle. They just want to come in and say, oh, praise God, golly to God, hallelujah. He's awesome. He's incredible. No, he ain't. You're angry at him. You don't like him all the time. And that's what I love. I think it's Psalms 146 in there. Somewhere, I love this verse on prayer. One of my favorite verses on prayer. It says, The Lord is near to all who call upon him, to those who call upon him in truth. So, what he's basically saying is, God loves those who pray, but pray truth. 
What do you mean pray truth? Because you can pray a lie. God, I love you today. I think you're incredible. You're wonderful. No, you don't. You're angry at God. You're mad at God. Things aren't going well. Tell him what's on your heart. Give him what's on your mind. You've got to start confessing that you've lost it so you can find it back again. Come on, God, I'm struggling, but I know you're the answer. Amen. I'm having a rough time, but I know, God, that you're just trying to take me through the woodshed because I, I need to be chastised. I need, but God, I'm not enjoying this. I still love you, God, but I'm struggling with this. Come on, you've got to confess that you have lost it. Too many of us are great at playing church, acting like Christians, but all you're doing is fooling yourself. Just fooling yourself. You're robbing yourself. You know the world even has more sense many times than we do. Because you know what the world says? The first step to your recovery is first admit that you have a problem. The world even knows the answer. Come on. And you know where they got that from? God's Word. Because God can't save you until you cry out and say, I need a Savior. So we've got to confess that we've lost it. We've got to admit. Back to the story, 2 Kings 6, 5. But as one of them was cutting a tree, his axe head fell into the river. And, oh, sir, he cried, it was a borrowed axe. What happened? That young man didn't keep quiet. He didn't try and sneak back into the crowd and think, well, maybe no one will know. He had to give account for his axe because it wasn't his. He had to replace it and he didn't have the money. He, had, he, he, he was at wit's end. So what did he do? He screamed out and he said, help, man of God, where are you? I have lost something of value that I need. He cried out and asked, would you help me regain that which I have lost? You and I will get nothing remaining in denial about our situations. I'm going to say that again. You are not going to get anything remaining in denial about your situations. You've got to seek out the help that you need. Come on, if you need a counselor, God is that counselor, but you need to be in counseling perhaps. Get the help that you need. Come along, we've got groups, we've got things, we've got opportunities. There's no reason why you're struggling and trying to do life alone. And it's okay to throw your hands in the air and say, I need help. Because you know the opposite to that is pride. And you know what causes resistance from God? A pushback from God? Pride. Because God resists that, but He'll give grace to the humble. Those who say, I have a problem. I want this house to be such a place where people can come in bloody and broken. Because that's what church is, a place where we can come and get our healing. How sad if we stand at the door and say, you're too bloody to come in here. Clean yourself up and then come back. Come on, the house that we're creating, the culture that we're believing is this. Anyone can come in here and confess openly without fear of retribution or being judged by saying, I'm broken and I need help. And I'm so glad we've got the answer. How sad would it be if people came and confessed and there was nowhere we could take them. But we can take them in God. Verse 6, reading on, the man of God said, Where did it fall? And when he showed in the place, Elisha cut a stick and threw it into the water right at that spot. Then the axe head floated up to the surface. Man, you need to read God's word more. There's some cool stories. Some cool stories in God's word. Verse 7, grab it, Elisha said. And the man reached out, the one who had lost his edge, 
the one who'd lost his head, (laughs) he reached down and he grabbed it. End of story. It's the end of the story. Then it just goes on to something else. Here's the third point. Are you ready? Taking notes. You must take action in your life. You've got to make the decision. You've got to confess that you need help. But now you've got to take action. You've got to do something about it. Someone said it really well. They said the pathway to hell is paved with many good intentions. A lot of intentions people have. Well, I intend to do that. We've got to be intentional. Instead of hoping, we've got to do. Instead of wishing, we've got to produce. Because we've got to step up and take it to action. But what do we see from this? No one else can grab it for you. No one else can do it for you. Others can encourage you. They can take you, but no one can really... You've got to do it for yourself. When the opportunity exists, like it did for that man, I wonder what would have happened if he had said no. I wonder if that axe head would have just floated back down to, or sunk back down to the bottom. There was an opportunity right there that he had to seize the moment. Notice Elisha didn't grab it for him. Notice Elisha didn't put it back on the handle for him. He had to do it himself. Look at this statement. Are you ready? God will not do for you what you can do for yourself. Come on, you can choose to dispute that all you want. Some of you are waiting for God to do something and God says, I've already given you the ability and power to do it. You need to just wake up and start doing it. Come on now. We want God to stick the food in our mouth and God's prepared the meal. We just got to pick up a fork and start eating it. Come on now. We want to be spoon fed and for some of us, we've got to push back the whiskers to stick the bottle in. You know what I'm saying? We still want to be breastfed. We still want to be bottle fed. Come on. We're expecting God to do something that he's already done for us. So don't be disappointed if that's the case. You've got to take action in your life. I'm kind of thinking when I'm reading stuff like this, you know, if he can throw a stick in, the axe head floats up. I mean, that thing could fly out of the water and go straight back on the handle. I mean, come on. I mean, that would give a good ending to the story. But that's not the ending of the story. That's not the end, because God intends for you to do your part to regain your edge, because God didn't want you to lose it in the first place. Come on now, God didn't want you to lose it in the first place. And this time of prayer and fasting is just like you doing that, picking up that axe head again, putting it back on the handle. And I'm telling you, that axe head that came out of the water was a different one that went into it. Because what went in was dull. What came out was so sharp. Because when God does something, he does a completed work. And you've got to pick up the edge that God has provided for you to be effective. And I challenge you to do your part. Because trust me, he won't only do his, he's already done his. We're not waiting on him. He's already done it. He sat at the right hand of the Father, praying for us, believing for us, prophesying over our lives. Come on, you can do it. Being a cheerleader from heaven because he's already accomplished everything that we could ever need is already provided and made ready. We just got to take it. We got to grab a hold of it. And I don't know about you, but I read a story like that and I kind of think to myself, how did a story like that find 
its way into the Bible. Surely there could have been a whole lot. I mean, it's a cool story, don't get me wrong, but I mean, it's just like this little story that's kind of just out of place, stuck in the middle, nothing else is said. We don't even know if they finished the building. We don't even know what they call it. We don't even know what happened. We just see such a small part of something that seemed to be so much bigger. What's the point of that? We could almost say that's quite an insignificant story. And I thought, until... I look at the circumstances and the situation of my life today. I can look and say pretty insignificant. But then I look at my life and where I'm at today. And I say, thank God it's there. Because I've lost my edge. I need to get it back. I've got to make the decision. I've got to confess that I've lost it. So I can take the action to get it back. You see, I believe that story is in there because it needs to be our story. That God wants us to be a part of that because every one of us could serve God more effectively with a sharp life, a sharp heart, a sharp mind, sharper finances. Think how much more we could do if we were better stewards with our finances and we tithed and we saw the blessing that God could bring in the house. I mean, think how much more can be accomplished with a sharp you. A life for God. And what we've got to find ourselves doing is we've got to find the life, we've got to let the, the crisis of life drive us to our knees during this time of fasting and prayer. Not in desperation, but in surrender. Saying, God, sharpen my life. Because there's crisis, there's trials, there's attacks all around me. But God, I need to examine my heart. If there's unconfessed sin, God, I need to confess that. I need to get to the altar because the altar is the place where God can free me from the things that weigh me down. We believe the altar call is a place where you can come and God can alter your calling. That God can come and he can alter your direction. That God can do the alterations that are needed in everyone of our lives. You know in that story, and it doesn't really say this, but everything points in the Old Testament to the New Testament. And not just to the New Testament, but to the New Covenant. What am I talking about? Everything is a shadow and a type of Christ. And can I tell you, when Elisha took that stick and he threw it in the water, it was symbolic of the cross. A piece of wood that Jesus would die on. And that which was old and dead and buried came back up to life. And God took that which was lost and God has made it found. God took that which was over and done and he put it into overtime. And he said, hold on, I haven't finished with you yet. I have a plan and a purpose for your life. Why? Because everything the cross touches turns into life afresh because the cross changes everything. Suddenly impossible becomes possible. Or listen to this, supernatural possibilities become more natural to my life. Why? Because I'm crying out to God through a time of prayer and fasting and saying, God, would you help me find my edge? I'm going to open up the altars right now. If Pete, if you could just 
turn the lights down, that would be great. I'm just going to open up the altars. You can come here, you can turn where you're at, you can pray, you can stand. But you know what? I just really believe tonight it's time for us to seek God. It's time to let that cross hit our lives again. That we get up a different person, that we get up a transformed, that we get up a renewed person, that we realize, hold on a second, God's got something greater. That we start making a decision that we're going to stick to that. And we're going to be everything that God wants us to be. Come on, can you just find a place to pray all over this place? Kevin, can you come and play for me? Is that cool? Can you do that? Can we just find that place to pray all over this house? And if there is sin in your life, if there are things that you need to confess and get rid of, come on, get rid of that. Whatever it is that needs to take place right now, I'm just asking you that you would get up from this place different to what you've knelt down, sat down, stood, that you would make a determination that I'm not going to be the same, that this time, and not just this time of 21 days, but this moment right now, just in this moment, that God, you're going to re-sharpen my edge. You're going to help me to regain that which I have lost and that which maybe I've surrendered. And that which I've given up. Come on, can you believe God for that all over this place? Come on, believe God for that right now. We would like to thank you for listening to this message today. We pray that your life has been challenged by what you've heard. But we also know it will be changed as you put God's word into effect. At Heartsease Family Life Church, our doors are always open to help. If you need any more information or just a friend to listen, we are here. Call us at 225-274-1607 or email us at pastorp at hflc.us. Remember, put God first in your life and everything you do will prosper. We look forward to seeing you soon. God bless.